Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Payne, founder and owner of Live Explore Real Estate and Lifestyle. Welcome. Uh, I have with me Isaiah Chast, our co-host and founding agent. Thank you for for joining us today. And uh, uh, again, we're trying to uh, we've we've been off the air for a while, so we're we're catching up. And uh, uh, so if I stumble around, I'm a little rusty. So anyway, um, here's here's a, another something uh, another podcast I've been wanting to do, talking about. Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, I don't want to put these together, but I guess I'm going to put these together. Uh, you know the uh, the hotel project uh, that's coming into town here, uh, downtown, uh, or a proposed hotel project, I guess I should say, um, hotel Appalachian, and uh, the uh, proposed uh, zoning overlay uh, that is uh, that would have to be approved in the historic district to allow the hotel to go in. And so July 12th, there was a meeting at. Uh, there was a meeting at uh, the um, the women's club. The women's club, yeah, and uh, uh, it was. Ho- I'm sorry, it was held at the women's club, but it was hosted by the No Before You Grow group and uh, David Alden, and uh, which is a great group. Uh, uh, if you uh, want to know about development projects going in, uh, I'd strongly suggest that that you look up the No Before You Go group. Um, they have a lot of great uh, a lot of great mini- meetings. One last night, I think we missed, uh, but but uh, a great group of people that way, and more so, very knowledge base it's doesn't get a his information and their information doesn't very rarely doesn't get opinionated and emotional base it's very fact based right right from what i can tell right yes yes uh, although this meeting got emotional and, yeah. and let, let's kind of go into that so we had there was a meeting held there and um, you know it was a very informative uh, uh meeting i thought um you know a lot of good comments uh from from both sides that way uh and uh uh let's see here you know uh David Alden, he kind of ran the meeting and moderated it. And uh, Andrew Triple, uh, the principal planner for the M Group, um, came in. I thought he did an excellent job answering questions. Uh, and then Eric Danley, uh, the city attorney, was there as well uh, and, and also did a very good job that way. And so, again, like there was a lot of discussion going back and forth. Um, I would say, like I said, there was uh, you know legitimate concerns, I, I would say, on both sides. But, but you know, I, I think like we need to like have our feet – Firmly planted in reality, there was a lot of crazy topics, mm-hmm. you know, there. And and two, um, uh, I kind of really feel for for Andrew Triple. I think he he came across as very knowledgeable and reasonable, and uh, uh, the way that people addressed him at that meeting, I thought was was horrible. Yeah, that way. It's really I'm saddened to see the way uh, the Petaluma community has attacked. Uh, people that have spent so much time within the community, right? Yeah, that they, are vested. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So um, again, uh, that that was very disappointing uh, that way. Um, and and uh, you know, uh, I encourage people to go online uh, and look at the comments that have been directed at some of our city officials in the M group and, and making it very personal. Um, I just think they're totally unreasonable. So, yeah. so uh, I think you guys are crazy. So I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, let's get back to uh, this meeting. I thought overall, I thought it was really cool. I mean, so you had a lot of comments again from both sides, uh, and you know, legitimate concerns. Like, like people have, like you know, there's there's reasonable people out there that have reasonable questions, and and, and I think they can be addressed. But, but. Um, 
you know, the format was that uh, they kind of went through the project and kind of discussed the overlay. At that time, they had various proposals for the overlay, right? They had three different kind of zones. I don't know if that's a, that's a good word to use, but three different zones regarding this overlay that way. Um, and, and so uh, I, I think they did a pretty good job of, of breaking it down, although I, I do think some people got confused over kind of like, you know, they're pitching these different scenarios. And really, they're just throwing it out there like, hey, this is what we're talking about, potential scenarios, and we want to hear your feedback, and we can kind of go from there. So I think inherently, it's it's just a very confusing topic. More so, the hotel project itself gets wrapped into the overlay, and for someone that's has a lot of knowledge of what's going on, it still can be confusing. It's very confusing. So I, yep. I totally understand where people are at, where they just don't know what's going on. Um, but I also saw some people that got very wrapped up on one point and couldn't really overcome that in order to learn the big picture of what it entails. And we're just stuck on one point, like who, what group the city planner is with. Like, right. Let's get beyond that and actually talk about you know, what is involved with the project and the overlay. Yes, yes. So so I'm just going to talk about, back up a little bit and talk about the hotel project and, and then go back to this meeting a little bit. So um, we have this proposal from hotel, uh, Appal- uh, uh, from the Appalachian Group and yeah, EKN uh, Engineering to to build this hotel downtown. And it would be, I guess, what, what would be considered a high-end boutique hotel. That's really what the city has asked. Uh, in order to make this project feasible for them, they've asked that it, uh, that it go up, that it, it extends beyond the current height limits, um, and that's why we need this this zoning for uh, this this uh, this uh, zoning overlay over the historic district. Um, I should have. I don't know why I didn't put the height limits in front of me that right that way right now. The current height limit is, is 45, forty-five feet. feet. Um, um, this uh, at the very top of this would be 67 feet which is the elevator shaft which is stepped back um, if you look at if you look at the hotel uh, the model of the hotel the floors the top floors have step backs so even at that that 67 feet uh, it, it's difficult to see from street level that way but but that's what has to get approved and and so again um, how I personally got got uh, uh, behind the project was I think that height limits in general need to be raised that way. That that 45 feet uh, just isn't enough. That uh, we have two options in in building, whether it's commercial or residential or, or mixed use, that you can either go out or up. And I think that the only way we solve our housing crisis is by uh, infill projects. You know, high totally. density infill projects, right? And so for that, um, potentially we may need. Uh, uh, higher height limits. I believe we're going to need higher height limits. Um, and I think the free market should decide that. Now, that's not to say that, like, if we increase the height limits, like, there's going to be a bunch of high rises around here. Uh, the market has to support that. Uh, you know, uh, developers generally want to build projects that, that are economically feasible. So they're not going to build pro- projects. They're not coming into it, you know, building projects that are going to, like, uh, not work out. Certainly that happens at time to time. So that, that being said, like, I really feel like we should let the free market decide, like if it's a feasible project or not, if a developer wants to come in and build something and they say, Hey, we need to have it this height to have this many units in here, we should let him that way. And on top of that, people I've heard, you know, if we raise the height restriction within downtown, that everything is going to go up. If you look at most buildings in downtown, for example, the McNear building, even if the height restriction was 70 feet, no one's going to build on to push out to 70 feet. It's right, not like right. every building yeah. in Petaluma is going to be 
you know, lifted right. an additional 30 feet. It's just those sites that are underutil- underutilized and underdeveloped that could have potential for, you know, bringing something really good to downtown. Right, right. So, so just getting back. So again, my general opinion is that we need to build higher. And here was a project that, that came in and, and, uh, the, the ho- previous hotel project proposal was for a smaller hotel. And this is really important. Please listen to this because people will keep it. This is one of the big questions. Like, why does it have to be this tall? Why does this hotel have to be big? There was a smaller project proposed in the past. And what happened was, uh, gosh, I, I don't think, I think it was a, a Marriott national boutique brand is what was going to be used to manage the hotel. I think. I can't remember exactly. It was some corporate. Yeah, or maybe it was brand. a Hilton. Hilton Marriott. It was Hilton. You know, and so it was a, but it was their boutique brand to manage it. The city of the feedback at that time from the city of Petaluma was they didn't want that. They didn't want a national brand downtown. They wanted a a boutique, a a true boutique brand. So they went back to the drawing board. EKN went back and and, uh, they designed this hotel and came back and said, we can do that. But the materials, everything at that point costs more money, so it has to be a bigger project to make it feasible uh, that way. And, and then later on, Appalachian was brought on board as like the managing partner that way. And and so that's how this project came about. That's how the hype came about with this project. And so why I was a proponent, why I am a proponent of this project is because it's it's projects like these that push change down the road. It's and a it, total catalyst. Yeah, it's a it's a catalyst in, in a variety of ways. And so I'm hoping that 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 this starts a conversation and, and we have a continued conversation about height limits here in town, uh, about going up. And again, that doesn't mean we always have to go up, but uh, I think we have to make it more feasible for for developers to come in and, and build. And again, the reason is we have a huge need for housing. And the only way we can meet that is through infill projects and high density housing. You know, the, the, the ranch style uh, developments, those still need to be built. Um, but, uh, they are one component to the housing puzzle and, and in all honestly, building nothing but those type of homes are the reason why we're here. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so like, we're not going to get out of this problem by continuing to do the same, you know, continue to, to build the same way that got us here. Right. So we really need to look at those infield projects. And that's another ca- way that this project is a catalyst is that we have an opportunity, you know, um, to, to have a very nice hotel uh, downtown here in a vacant lot. Uh, you know, I ask any, anyone that has a problem with this project, come down to my office. If, if you aren't familiar with the plans, I'll show up to you. And then let's walk around my, my <laughs> let's walk around my parking lot because like every week there's an outdoor living room that goes up there that, that I have to have removed there. And, and what I mean by that, I don't mean to sound like not sympathetic, but there's, there's a homelessness issue around here in downtown Petaluma. And, uh, uh, uh that is a bigger concern for me. And, and, you know, at times I would say it's potentially a safety issue. We've had some pretty bad experiences here um, that way. So, so you know, a nice boutique hotel that, that brings in a lot of money isn't uh, for the city. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's the least of my concerns. But if you have any issues, come on down here and let's walk around. You know, there's a lot of vacant lots, a lot of graffiti, um, you know, vacant buildings. And, and hopefully this project, uh, well, no, 
projects like this come, in, come into town and, and they're a spark for, de- for development. And it's just up to us to control that development, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, uh, I hope that, that it can spark. Potentially, maybe it sparks an, a housing component. With that, there should be an affordable housing component, you know. And, and from there, that, that, that's why I see this as, as one of the reasons. That's how originally we got involved that way was, hey, this is a way to, to raise height limits that way. You know? Right. So, and that's something that needs to be done. Um, you mentioned, you know, you could build out those country properties. There was a recent project that got approved and, you know, it, it used a lot more acreage and um, only is bringing less than 30 homes. Um, right. Which Talking about Scotts Ranch. Yeah. A great project right. all around. But just as far as addressing the, the housing issue, it, it's not even going to be a drop in the bucket. No. Nope. The only way we can do that is to go infill project and, and build up and, and make those economically feasible for developers, but also um, just get those projects through to address the housing. Yeah, exactly. And and, and so, uh, you, you know, uh, it was interesting because at that meeting we had, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the presentations, very informative. Then we broke up into roundtables of like, I think, eight people uh, and then had discussions, which was really cool because uh, you're, you're going to have like uh, – uh, a variety of people there of all different opinions. We got to talk that way. And uh, it was unfortunate that we, we didn't have more time to do that or, or we, we were able to bring the questions back to the group, but it would have been great if we could have talked more about it um, in that, uh, uh, you know, again, there's just people – a lot of people, there's a lot of misinformation out there about the project and, and people don't understand kind of like the complexity of what's going on right now. So, you know, I've talked about this before, but California has a huge need for, for housing. And uh, uh, we've established that we need to build two point, well, the state of California has said that we need to build 2.5 million homes in the next eight years. Um, it, it, within that is uh, Sonoma County that uh, we have to build about 14,500 homes in, in that time period. And if, if you look at like, uh, you know, Generation H, great organization. I bring them up now all the time. Uh, look at look at their studies. That that that's not even accurate. Uh, that that we really need to build six, 60,000 homes. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, but why I'm getting into this is that you know I I uh, I brought that up in my meeting, and people were like, well, you know that's fine and good, and and you know what there was other real estate professionals. I'm not going to name names within my group that way, and they said, but we don't want affordable housing. The general plan doesn't allow affordable housing downtown and things things of that nature. And uh, I didn't get to, to we didn't get to talk anymore. But but if you go back to that that report uh, uh, that that California establishes that we need to build 2.5 million homes, the the single cause of of why we have these lack of homes is cities' general plans and cities killing housing projects and affordable housing projects and 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 not being builder friendly. And that's what I heard so many people say, well we don't want these projects in here. And this is what I like what people have to realize now is that there's there's a handful um of of uh state legislator now that that depending on the location to like let's say this the smart train for example. Um there's certain there's certain um Legislature out there, whether you're a quarter mile or a half mile from that train station, that that uh, uh, housing projects now can kind of go right by the, the 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 city's general plan, and if it meets those the the state requirements, they can be built. And so, you know, that's all fine and good that people, um, you know, the the train of thought of not wanting housing or not wanting affordable housing in the general plan that you've created this problem, and and you're you're standing by your logic. But no one cares at this point. The, the, the state of California has identified that you're the problem and that 
that there's laws in place now that can supersede the plan. And, and why I'm saying this is like, you now can get housing projects shoved down your throat from the state level. So you need to change your train of thought that way, that like you, you're not in control, that you've, you've essentially, you had a chance to, you know, uh, uh, to encourage um, smart development. You totally failed. And, and now the state stepped in and be like, we're not going to allow you to make those decisions or kill those projects anymore. And mm-hmm. so, and that's what people don't understand is that, okay, that now if, and, and what I encourage you is just pull up a, a radius, you know, it's really easy on Google map, do a quarter, a quarter mile and a half mile radius from the train station downtown. Um, there's a reason why Haystack Landing was approved. There's a reason why uh, Oyster Point was approved, you know, like, like, and uh, that's going to continue is because the city's now aware that, that those prop properties in the immediate vicinity of the train station. Um, let's work with the developer or we're going to get a project that, that we can't control. And that's going to continue to happen. And that's what like, do you think these, these laws are going to change? Like, I mean, the only thing like when this Pandora's box opens up, it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised within like a couple of years, we have some, some law in place that it's, it's, it's a mile radius rather than a quarter mile. Like mm-hmm. I just see this expanding that way. Right. So, um, I just think it's so important. People realize like, uh, at the state level, they're going to shove this down your throat. So, so now it's time to deal with it. And like, again, I think this is such a great project to start where it can be a catalyst for economic growth and we can control it. And we can put potentially like an affordable housing component in place that works with the city, or we can get projects shoved down our throat that, that maybe don't work with the city. As you brought up a great point about the legal side, I heard a couple of people at that meeting that we were at saying, asking the the city attorney, why they even had, why, why can't they just, just say no? Why, why right. do we have to, you know, explore the options? Why can't we just say we don't want it? And people don't understand that the city would get sued if they didn't do that. Yeah. And, and you know what, this is a, a kind of an uh, uncomfortable conversation to have, uh, but I think it's important. It's, it's like, it's important to address this, that uh, I really feel this is a generational argument at this point. I feel that there is a... a I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, but just an older crowd that really doesn't want development. Hey, you guys have your houses. You, you guys are established, right? And there's a younger generation that's coming up and there's this huge need. There's a huge barrier, almost an, an inhumane barrier for housing in a lot of situations. And you're still crossing your arms being like, why can't we just kill all these projects? And we've heard right. it like all across the board, right? That's unfortunate. That's all you hear because I would be willing to bet that probably – I would comfortably say 98%, if not 99% of my generation would comfortably be totally on board with any project, but none of them are going to go to a meeting. None of them are going to publicly go on Facebook and argue for a project. That's just, that's not what that generation is. So it's unfortunate that all people hear is the noise from the negative side when there really is a lot of support. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple things there. I think that, I think the people that are for the project, I know the people that are for the project, like I've talked to, I mean, I've had, we've had the plans now in here, our office for like what, six months. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've talked to hundreds of people at this point. Uh, I, I hear over and over again, like, oh, oh, this isn't approved yet. Right. <laughs> like that's what I Everyone's hear. on board. Yeah. And, and so like, oh yeah, we need this. I hear that over and over again. But the reality is, is that, uh, you know, we go to these meetings, like you can be there till 11, 12, one, two in the morning. If, if you're like, you know, in favor of the hotel, you, you, you know, 
you're, you have you're, a job. You have a job. You have you know kids. You know you're you're trying to you know build your career and stuff like that. So you're not going to do that. This is definitely a generational issue at that this point where you have uh, an older crowd that's trying to dictate the the future of our town. And you know um, I encourage you that that like the people that are against this hotel watch their comments and then follow them around Thanksgiving and Christmas and they're also going to complain that they don't get to see their grandkids. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same people and they just don't have the foresight to see that like hey, we need these projects to spark development and then we need to to smartly grow and, and use it to uh, uh, encourage housing projects with an affordable housing component. So, um, yeah, that's 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 why I really see this 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 project being so important is I just see that like, you know, uh, it just spurring economic development. I mean, every local maker, every winemaker, every local brewery, like they would jump. I, I know this because I've talked to a handful of them, would jump at the opportunity to be able to have their product inside um, Appalachian's Hotel because potentially mm-hmm. then then they can be put on a national level from there, right? Well, and from there, I mean, think about all the the really popular restaurants in Sonoma County yes. that the chefs and owners previously worked for Charlie Palmer right. at his establishment. I think there's nine. I I, I put together a list. It's, it's I mean, there's tons. Valette, um, Stark Steak and Seafood, the Glen Ellen Star, which is a Michelin star restaurant, right. Shed in Healdsburg. Um, there, there's a, a handful of them that you know are so, really great restaurants. So again, it started with Charlie Palmer started a restaurant there developed a name and then his chefs went out and started restaurants and look at that economic opportunity. Look at the jobs that they developed that way. You know, talking about money, I didn't even want to get, uh, or I didn't, I did want to get to this. I kind of fo- forgot for a second. You know, uh, th- what, what is this? Four tenths. The, the lot is four tenths of an acre or something like that. About half, ten, you know, yeah, half an it, acre or something like no that. No more than right. 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5, That's right. I think. That's right. Uh, so, um, but you have the fairgrounds at, that's 55 acres, and and uh, that's been a, a, a part of Petaluma for generations. Uh, I don't want the fairgrounds to go anywhere. But how, how do you allocate 55 acres that's only used 25 days a year without encouraging other projects that bring in a lot of tax revenue? And so, like, yeah, if, if you want to keep Petaluma Petaluma, then I think you, you really need to realize that, like, projects like this – aren't going to change Petaluma so much that, it, you know, it, it allows us to have fairgrounds and things of that nature. And the reason is, is that this project will bring in 1.5 times the amount of tax revenue that the fairgrounds do on a yearly basis. I think even more than that, potentially, on a over the next 25 years, the transient occupancy tax alone will generate 37 million, right. The sales tax will generate 36,000. I'm sorry, thirty-six million five hundred thousand, and the property taxes will generate twenty-four million nine hundred thousand. So that's what almost ninety million, if not more, over the next twenty-five years. I mean, that's no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. That's no-brainer. Like again, how what, what's the funding mechanism to keep uh, the fairgrounds? I mean, it's it's projects like this, like like cities need tax revenue, you know. So it just makes. Uh, uh, it just makes total sense that way. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the the anyway. Getting back to the meeting, that that was kind mm-hmm. of like the discussion in the meeting. Um, I, overall, I, I thought it was a really good meeting. I mean, I thought that like you know, there's the fringe. You're always going to have the fringe that that those crazy comments come through. You know, like I, I just don't think having um, uh, a rooftop bar uh, on the fifth story is going to uh, uh, start a suicide epidemic. 
Right. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of people, there's actually three or four people in my group in our, our, you know, how we had the separate groups and we all had feedback that were in support of the project, but they will not publicly put it anywhere because they're afraid that people within the community will attack them. Sure. Like how nuts is that, that we're in a time that you, you can't even be in support of something because everyone else will, will cut across the street and walk on the other side if, if, Right. If you say something. Right, right. But I mean, I kind of felt that like there was discussion where like people on on opposite ends kind of came together and, and, mm-hmm. and had decent discussions that way. Like, again, there was always the fringe that you're just not going to, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, be able to win over. But, but Conspiracy theorists. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. um, but, uh, but, you know, I thought there was some really good discussion there. Aside from the public comments against, you know, Andrew Triple, I thought that was horrible. But like, you know, the, the closed circle discussions and after that, I thought there was a, a I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Yeah. So there, and there are some people that have, have no issue uh, publicly saying something negative, but then when it comes to the breakout, they just leave. They don't want to have a conversation. About sure. It. Yeah. So no, there certainly I, were, you know, a lot of people that I would way. say those people have a conversation with someone. Don't just, you know, hide behind you know, your paper that you're reading off of. Right, right. When it comes down to actually have, look someone yeah, in the eye. Totally. Yeah, you definitely saw an exodus. So, yeah. so um, but you know what? That's just kind of how it is. That's why it's important to show up to these type of meetings and the, to try to show some type of balance that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. That was pretty much pretty much my spiel for, for the meeting and, and kind of the continued conversation that way. Yeah, Dave and the Know Before You Grow group did an excellent job putting it together. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, we're very um, fortunate to have someone like that in our community, um, the know before you grow group. So again, um, I, I suggest, uh, you know, Googling them, going on their website, uh, attending sign up their, for their newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. Sign up for their newsletter. Yes. Yes. It comes out, uh, at least weekly, mm-hmm. um, that way. So, um, it's, it's very informative that way. So, um, if you found this informative, uh, please hit like, and subscribe. Uh, I'm Sean Payne, uh, owner and founder of live explore real estate and lifestyle, uh, Isaiah Chass founding agent and co-host. Thank you very much. Absolutely. uh, Until next time. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.